Hi everybody, welcome back. In this episode, we'll take a closer look at the area of smart assistants. What they can do for the end user on one hand, and what they can do for the system integrator on the other hand. We'll also take this opportunity to meet some of the key players of the One Home team. The CEO, Rok Prevolshak, CPO, Alias Schwiegel, and CTO, Grega Karmel. Let's go find them and see what they have to say. Hi, Rok. Hello. So, One Home is today a recognized brand in the smart home space, but can you tell us more like how it all started? What was it like in the beginning? Of course. And thank you for having me in this amazing podcast. <laughs> so, One Home was started like five, six years ago, um, founded by Gregory Bol, uh, who is otherwise a serial entrepreneur. And after he sold his last company to Sportradar, he decided to take a bit time off and renovate his apartment here in Ljubljana. And uh, he also installed KNX. Uh, and back then, Alexa was quite a big thing. Uh, it was like launched and there was a lot of hype around it. So Gregor was also searching for a way how to um, control his KNX with Alexa. And he, he couldn't find an easy way and he decided to hack a solution during the weekend. And this is basically how it started. Um, well, sounds like all the elements for a success <laughs> story are here. It is like a school book yeah. Uh, example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, but can you tell us more like about the road from the beginning to the launch of the One Home Bridge? Uh, sure. So, like, um, Greg installed KNX and he had a Jira home server at home. And, uh, like, it started first as a solution for Jira and Alexa only. And it was like a cloud product, which was uh, very unusual for this industry. And also, people were like, what is that, you know? <laughs> so, also, one of the things with the cloud product was that you had to open up ports on your network to enable the integration. And that was quite a security concern, especially for people that didn't have a visualization server with uh, authentication in place, like home server, for instance. So a need for local connectivity arose from that. Also, it was expected that uh, with the device in the house, um, there would be much less latency in voice control. So Basically, hardware started as a need for that. And uh, shortly after that, we launched one home box and also integration of Luxon mini server back then. But in between, we were all the time working on the one home bridge product um, because uh, even though one home box was a hardware, it was not like a standard product, a KNX system integrator uh, would support, let's say. Uh, so after that, took about a year and a half, two years to launch One Home Bridge, approximately two years ago, which also brought direct KNX bus connection and most importantly, Apple HomeKit integration, which is now proving to be one of the main drivers behind the product. 
uh, it's also um, when you merge Apple HomeKit and KNX, it kind of seems that it's like match made in heaven because um, Apple HomeKit brings a lot of things that KNX doesn't have and KNX brings a lot of things that uh, Apple HomeKit doesn't have. Oh, that's approximate timeline. <laughs> oh, interesting. So I guess the idea was to provide like an Apple-like user experience to the mm -hmm. KNX uh, users. So mm -hmm. consequently, did One Home put more focus on their iOS users? I mean, we could say that. So the point is that I have to say that like here at One Home, we really go extra mile in research. And uh, in between, we also done like a, we done like a KNX smart home calculator. So basically, we created a, a really nice user experience calculator for people to put in their home specification and get a result of an approximate cost of how much the KNX would cost for that home. And we put that into advertising and we got around 8,000 results from that calculator. So like a big, nice big number. sample. Yeah. Nice number. Uh, yeah. And based on the results, we could see that basically 70 plus percent of KNX smart home buyers are actually iOS users. So it's, it has like a really big importance. And uh, Funny thing is that like um, when these people buy KNX smart home, they're not familiar with any KNX manufacturer. Maybe some of the really bigger ones from some other uh, industries, let's say. Um, but everybody knows who is Apple. You know? And also like Apple users want to use Apple software also to control their smart home with all the other things. And the whole Apple ecosystem of devices like smartwatch, HomePod, Apple TV, et cetera, et cetera, brings it all together into like a, let's say, a real Apple smart home experience. Uh, okay, so we know about the past, but what about the future? <laughs> Can you maybe give us a sneak peek into what's coming? I can say that we are working on some major things at the moment and there will be some bigger announcements coming mid next year. But for now, let's keep it a secret. <laughs> okay, we like secrets. Thank <laughs> okay. you for joining us and... Of course. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> Hi, Gregor. Hey, Satya. So, one Home Bridge was launched uh, three years ago. So what was the product like in the beginning, uh, especially from the stability and the robustness uh, viewpoint? Yeah, Satya. So the product, like you mentioned, was launched three years ago. The HomeKit certification process during development took much longer than we initially expected. So we we're a bit late to the market as initially planned. Uh, we had some issues in the very beginning, but we're very serious about ha having the absolute rock solid stability. So with future updates, we removed all the bugs that the users reported. We constantly try to improve the platform. We really try hard to provide what KNX users expect from KNX, a KNX product. And a good job you did. Uh, now, from the development viewpoint, uh, One Home Bridge seems a fairly complex, complex product. 
supporting two types of smart home, the KNX and the Luxon, and on the other hand, supporting three, three types of smart home uh, environment, uh, smart assistant environments, <laughs> uh, Apple, Google, and Alexa. So can you tell us how you manage that? And um, do you put more focus on a single combination of smart assistant and, and, and smart home? Great question. It's definitely an engineering challenge managing uh, so many different systems and trying to integrate one uh, into another, especially because they're quite different. Uh, there's sometimes not a very good way of integrating something, so we try to manage what we can with the platforms that uh, we support. Um, <clears throat> definitely, we do a lot of testing. Uh, the product developed from the very beginning Amazon Alexa. Uh, later, we added Google Home and then HomeKit. Um, in the very beginning, we already re uh, removed all the bugs. So the platform, I can't really say we don't put an emphasis on other platforms. It's just that they've been out uh, in production for so long that there isn't much to fix. Uh, HomeKit was an interesting engineering challenge because the protocol is much more uh, in-depth considering that the entire protocol is local. So it was much more of an engineering challenge to develop the solution. Uh, of course, being a, a local system with multicast uh, DNS, MDNS, with local networks being what they are, there's a lot of uh, people on support that sometimes don't have the best networks. So we try to help them uh, fix the local issues they have, but this is not really what uh, we can fix in our product is just something that we have to adapt in the customer's environment so that they can expect uh, out-of-the-box solution. So probably some overnight sessions as well. Huh? Definitely. <laughs> uh, okay, last question. Um, also uh, from the customer side, uh, basically the one home bridge is meant for two types of customers. So the smart home end users and also the smart home integrators. And I imagine it can be quite difficult, especially from the support perspective to support two types of, of uh, customers. And um, how do you handle that? And generally, how does uh, support process work within one home? That's a great question. Support is very interesting, uh, especially like you mentioned, uh, we have two types of customers and customers who integrate the device themselves and integrators who are well aware of the smart home standards and uh, the terminology. Um, we get support tickets from both types of customers. I can't say we prioritize integrators. It's just that usually their tickets get solved much faster because they speak, let's say, the language. So usually uh, they uh, can identify in a technical way what the problem is. So we try to help them and uh, propose solutions what could be uh, a potential fix. Usually, uh, as far as HomeKit is concerned, uh, it's usually, like I mentioned before, an MDNS issue in the local network. So we try to also educate uh, integrators what's the best gear or where is the best uh, method of finding a solution for their current problem. And customers, uh, we have a very big range of end customers. Some are even more technical than, let's say, the smart home integrators. More than us. More than us, definitely. <laughs> they usually they mention their programmers or engineers and, you know, we, we can talk technical. <laughs> so it's interesting, definitely, to uh, 
talk to these types of customers. Usually their tickets get solved very fast because we're also uh, usually in highly technical uh, super tickets involved, the engineering team. Um, with other customers, we try to have a very simple, let's say, onboarding process or a step-by-step uh, -step solution guide on what to do when their uh, setup doesn't work. Usually, things are resolved very fast because it's usually just a configuration issue, especially since uh, customers, we uh, try to make the product as simple as possible. So with the automated algorithm, we uh, automatically, let's say, configure the KNX installation configuration. And sometimes some installations are a bit weird in how they're configured. You know, KNX gives you a lot of freedom. So sometimes there's just a couple of toggles to uh, move in, I mean, change. And that's when we try to educate the end customer on how to solve the issue. So definitely it's a challenge, but, you know, we've had, we have a lot of devices in the field. I'm not gonna talk figures, but, you know, our support agent usually can handle 90% of them. And for those tickets that are really a challenge, technically we get one of the engineers involved and the matter is solved in a couple of minutes. Perfect, yeah, well, basically you if you're doing visualization then you're, you're in the front line, you, you also have to solve the issues of network, smart home yeah. and electricity, so. Exactly. Well, and the integrator. <laughs> and the integrator, yeah. Well, uh, thank you for uh, all the answers and... Thanks for having me on the show. Keep the good work going. <laughs> Hi, Alias. Hey. Uh, let us first discuss the core functionality of uh, One Home Bridge, so the smart assistants. Um, now there's tons of visual interfaces for smart homes on the market and uh, in that light, what is the benefit of smart assistants? What do they bring to the end user and the system integrator that other Wizzle products don't? Yeah, as a starter, you actually get three apps in one device. So the end customer can decide whether they will be using, for example, Apple HomeKit, Amazon Alexa, or Google Home. And this is actually often the case because you have end customers where, for example, husband is using iPhone, and the wife is using Android, and she's already using, for example, Alexa for certain uh, reminders or timers, and she wants to be continuously using this as a smart home control as well. So each of them can use their own app. So this is one. The, the second one that it's uh, quite obvious is also voice control. So you have everything in your house you can control with voice, and this is, again, you can use uh, Apple uh, Siri, or you can use uh, Google Assistant, or you can use um, Amazon Alexa. Or you can use a mixture of those, depending on what you are already used to, because most people already use this for music, for example. But then is, there's one that's very important both for end customers as well as integrators. And this is actually something that's not as well known. And it's basically the flexibility that they both get out of smart assistants. And on one side, the end customer actually has, get, gets the possibility to change the layouts of, the, of their app, change the names, but also add automation. And they can do almost any kind of automation themselves. They can use, for example, geofencing. So when everybody goes away from the home, something can happen. Or when they come in a radius around uh, the house, something else can happen. And also they can add certain IoT devices um, to their smart home uh, without the need for an integrator's help. 
And for example, if they, after they move in, they figure out that in the, in the bedroom they want additional ambient lighting, they can go and they can buy some very nice um, ambient lights, uh, IoT-based, that are compatible with HomeKit. And they can actually install them. Maybe they support uh, tunable white so that uh, the color temperature can change from uh, warm white to cold white, maybe based on the sun. And they can integrate this themselves and then they can use it from automation or maybe even put it on a KNX wall switch to control it when they come into the room. And this is what they can do by themselves. And this is very, very important for them because modern customers want a certain level of control. But on the other hand, this is also very, very important for an integrator because an integrator gets a project, he sets up all the automation, and after he sets this up and gives this to the customer, he maybe comes back one more time to kind of tweak the, the final things, and then he goes off to the next project and he makes the most from doing like separate projects. And coming back for some small tasks and for, for some small changes, to a certain project is it takes time and it's not it's not even a very um, efficient in terms of profit. And what smart assistants enable him is that he can give certain level of control to the customer so that they can handle their home themselves. And he comes only when the customer needs like a larger uh, help, and he can come and, and and help the customer. And there is also one more thing that I would like to mention is the brand awareness that smart assistants have with customers. So if when you are selling a visualization server to the end customer, um, you need to present it to them and they need to trust it and understand what they're getting. And if they don't know the brand of the server yet, you need to kind of put in the effort to put your word behind it. But in case of uh, um, Apple, Google, and Amazon, these are brands that people are already using. For example, many, many KNX um, uh, customers have already like a complete Apple home in sense of they have an iPhone, they have Apple Watch, they have um, uh, AirPods, they have Apple TV, etc. And getting an Apple home with Apple smart home control in it is no brainer for them. And this is something they will be very happy to decide and go for. And this is something that you don't have to do because all those brands already made the brand awareness strong enough so that it, the customers are, for them, it's very simple to decide and go for that. Okay, thank you. So basically it empowers the end user and makes the workflow of the integrator much easier. Yeah. Okay, so second question. One home started out uh, with a cloud product that was subscription-based. And um, why did you later on decide to move to a one-time purchase hardware solution? And also, how difficult was uh, that transition? Yeah, so we were very early in, in the market with smart assistants. And at that time, the only viable solution was Amazon Alexa, which was cloud-based. And the fact is that the easiest way for us to come to the market and to provide the best service was through the cloud integration. And with cloud integrations and similar softwares, uh, we figured that the best way to start would be to have a subscription, especially because this was very, very uh, customer-centric and customer-centric. But later on, when this business grew and also other assistants um, became uh, better and actually uh, good enough to kind of power the whole uh, KNX smart home, uh, we also... and also, they were becoming much more um, 
local so they they were starting to support like local support for example apple homekit is completely local and with that and also the fact that we wanted to enter a professional uh, b2b market we figured that we need to do uh, and build a professional um, device for professional integrators and in this market and also with the device like that it actually it only makes sense to go to a one-time one-time purchase model where you buy a device uh, if you buy more of them, you get extra um, extra um, discount and you can then sell it to the customer, install it to the customer. Basically, the whole industry works this way and this way we can kind of fit nicely into it. So, and one more important thing is with the device, um, it's, it can work without internet. And with smart assistants all going to this direction that they will in some time be like completely local, uh, so that the execution will be completely local. We should, we, we aim to build a device that would su survive even apocalypse. So that even if everything goes wrong, your smart home should still work. You should still use your voice control. This is the goal because reliability is one of the most important factors in your smart home. Everything should work and like a hardware device is a necessity uh, in this case. Well, thanks. Uh, last question. Uh, in addition to smart assistant uh, integration, one home bridge also packs many other functionalities. So can you tell us a bit about the process of adding new features and how do you decide on which features to add and in what form? Okay. So what we want our integrate what we want to offer our integrators is that they can present and offer the most complete smart home to their customers. And to that, for that, they need to be able to quickly fulfill what the customer desires. So this is actually uh, made out of, out of two parts. One part is to build features for the end customers so that they get all the functionality that they want. And on the other hand is to find the problems in the process of installations of a smart home where, where it takes time, where it's expensive, etc., and try to optimize that. And that, that's, that, these are the two things that we prioritize. And for example, remote access is something that we did because one of the worst things for an integrator is that he needs to drive 50 kilometers to the customer just to do a small change. And it's really good that he can do that remotely, but securely, of course. And on the other hand, for example, Sonos integration, we actually figured that Sonos is used in almost all KNX smart homes. Basically, many, many smart homes that we, that we saw also had Sonos integration. And even though you can control Sonos with voice, it's incredibly, um, incredibly nice to actually use it from a wall switch because you can place, uh, place their uh, controls for um, next track, volume, play pause, and also playlists. And you can just come into the room, just press one button and the playlist will start on shuffle and you can start listening to it. No voice control, no nothing. It's very simple and it's actually something that people really like. And how we decide to actually, on which feature we want to implement is we are basing our whole company around the support that we offer to our both customers and especially our partners. And it's a direct support, we have direct communication with them and from that we already get a lot of information of what is currently missing, what are some problems, what are some um, issues in the process of setting up smart homes and this is where we can kind of figure out what is, um, what are the main, main topics. 
And on the other hand, we also have a feature request portal where anyone can, especially integrators, can come there, can place and, and post what they are missing from, from our solutions, what they want to have, what are some problems, etc. And then other integrators can upvote this so that we actually get the most important features basically presented by, by our community. And with that, we can then uh, go and talk to the integrators, do some interviews and include them in our process of development because in the end, we can only build quality product together with our customers. Otherwise, we just kind of come up with things in our office, which usually doesn't turn out as the best kind of product. So really try to focus to get our support, our feature request portal, um, and the interviews to kind of shape up the new features that we have. Um, I think this, this is kind of the, the core process of it. This is how you make products that your customers actually love. Thank you, Alyash, for this nice conversation. Thanks, and uh, let's go to work. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, guys. And uh, what's your take on the smart assistants? Let us know in the comments below. Otherwise, follow us on socials and on other channels not to miss the next episode of Talking Smart Homes. Until next time. <laughs>